0: We brought you damn good beer, and now we're bringing to you damn good beef. And it's actually so damn good that you can get it at the DNVR bar. We have Wagyu beef. It, I couldn't decide between in or at the DMVR bar. Wow, I'm such a mess today. Um, but yeah, at the DMVR bar, if you want like a build your own burger you can do that the bronco burger is really good i had that last time i'm headed over there not right when this is over but pretty close to when this is over for dinner and the bronco game and then like a post dinner burger too probably because i really love that food um but i think i'm gonna have to try something new the bronco burger is the way to go though if if you're looking for a first one Um, the point is Hassle Cattle Company's Wagyu beef is really good. And it's something that I have been planning my whole weekend around. Um, if you can't make it down to the DMVR bar, luckily for you, there's a bunch of ways to get your hands on, uh, some Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef. Um, so Hassle is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship everywhere. They call it blue collar Wagyu because you can pick it up, um, wherever, regardless of, uh whether you have like the money that you typically need for Wagyu beef. Um, go to hasslecattlecompany.com though. Check out all their products and make sure you use the promo code dnvr 10 for 10% off your order. That's dnvr 10 for 10% off your order every time. And right now they're giving away a $200 gift card and a cooler to one lucky winner. Just head over to the DMVR Sports Twitter page, click the link in our pinned tweet, and uh, enter because it's free and you can win basically free money and a free fantastic cooler. Uh, plus, you'll get notified about all the awesome deals, including that DMVR10 code that you can use at H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Okay, uh, this is the DMVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, which fits pretty well. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we've got almost the full squad here with Jake Schwanitz, Justin Michael, but no Dre because uh, what did he say? Like he, he can't plan well or something like that. Yeah, Dre's cut
1: himself issue. a little too thin this week trying to cover for, for the Broncos guys and having some business stuff going on behind the scenes and I don't know. But I, I, I think he's just making excuses he's or really maybe he's just tired of hanging out with all of us, which I mean, I don't know, hurts my feelings a little bit, but that's okay because we've got a we've got a fun podcast planned today. Going to go over Todd McShay's first big board for the 2022 class. Going to react to Bill Connelly's 25 most important players for this season. And then at the end, we're going to give our college football playoff predictions. Because guys, it's here. College football is finally here. Last weekend without any games until January. Wow. I thank God, right? I mean, how long has the summer been?
2: We made it, boys. We made it. We've almost made it. We got to survive one more week. Close. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's not push it. Who knows what's going to be happening with us a week from now? As right. Al Pulled Shanahan up. would point exactly. out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, let's just jump right in. What did we decide we were going to start with? We're going to go through the uh, Todd McShay rankings first. I'll start with Bill Connolly. 25 most important I was, important college was 50, football 50 50. Players. Yeah. yeah so you, <laughs> Bill yeah, Connolly. shot. <laughs> both both of these are uh, from ESPN, by the way. It's part of their not Insider anymore. It's ESPN Plus because it's all one thing. Um, but definitely check those out if you uh, have a subscription. And if not, we're going to tell you all the good stuff that uh, is in those anyway. Um, so Bill Connolly does a bunch of the stat stuff. Like Justin mentioned, it's a list of the top 25 most important players in college football. Um, I was reading that. Seems like it's a pretty subjective list that he put together. Am I right in saying that, Justin?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely opinion based and it's it was just kind of interesting to see where his mind went. And and this was kind of a, a loaded category because it's kind of like the 25 most important college football players, one in the grand scheme of the college football season as a whole. But it's also really talking about like their potential impact and how important they are to their team's success. For instance, let's just dive right into it. The the number one player, according to Bill Connolly, is JT Daniels, the quarterback for the University of Georgia. And as wonky as this list is at times, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, Georgia's kind of sitting there, they've been on the outside looking in. They're, they're that level like right below Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, but they have their guy, you know, quote-unquote their guy, in JT Daniels, or that's what we've been told. And if he pops the way that, you know, he potentially can, this is a Georgia team that could probably, you know, put themselves in the playoff conversation. Would you agree that JT Daniels is more important for Georgia's success than maybe, you know, DJ Ugulele at Clemson, just given the talent that Clemson's roster has?
2: I mean, it's a close conversation. Uh, I'm. I, it's not even close in terms of the player, though. I mean, DJ is way better of a football yes. player. Well, that, that's why I was
1: trying to explain. It's not necessarily the best twenty five college football players, but right. like what JT Daniels means to Georgia versus you know what Bryce Young means to Alabama. It's kind of a different conversation.
2: Sure. I mean, I guess that's a valid point. Um, it really all does hinge on JT Daniels' shoulders. I mean, last year. They had some turbulent quarterback play and, you know, they were going between, uh, what's his name, Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels for a bit too. So, it makes sense when you think about it that way. Um, I mean, it's Bill Connolly's list, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And let me point out right now, right off the bat, on Bill Connolly's list, one Pac-12 player. One Pac-12 player on the entire list. I guess the Pac-12 just is not important. And let me take this opportunity to also say that, you know which conference had as many teams in the top 25 rankings as uh, the SEC and the Big Ten and anybody else? (laughs) It was the Pac-12, and they actually had a higher percentage because there's actually only 12 teams, unlike, you know, the Big Ten, where, famously... 14 teams which makes a whole lot of sense
2: <laughs> also not a lot of defensive love i think there's only eight defensive prospects on this list and yeah. like 10 quarterbacks too so. <laughs> i
0: know it's pretty great i mean to be fair though you could probably make a case that like the 25 most important players are 25 quarterbacks exactly this is what Connolly had to
1: say about jt daniels i'll just read a little but i'm not going to read the entire excerpt i do recommend you know subscribing getting espn plus Ah, uh, checking it all out. Not trying to like skirt this guy's paywall or anything like that. But you know, people want to talk about it. With great quarterback play, the dogs go from SEC East co favorites to potentially national title co favorites.
0: I don't know. That's a bold statement. What do you guys think about that? <sighs> I'm, I'm so so. There's the obvious top tier. You've got Bama. You've got Clemson. You've got Ohio State, and they are just significantly better than anybody else. I think. And there's going to be a great competition. We'll get into that later for, like, who is that fourth team? I won, we'll see if we're on the same page there. But I don't think that there's really anything Georgia could do to make me think that they're at that top level. Until, like, even if they made it into the college football playoff, I'd be like, yeah, they're, they're not going to win this. Bama's going to win this or Clemson's going to win this. It's not going to be Georgia. Until they win the title, I'm not going to agree with that.
2: Exactly. I'm at this point with Georgia where I need to see them be Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then I will take them seriously and we can kind of move on from there.
0: I'll still probably just make excuses.
1: I think that's fair. I also think that both of you are making his point indirectly. And that's just that, like, they're right there. They've been right there. Mm-hmm. They just need the quarterback to kind of kick the the door down. But I don't know. It, it's just kind of interesting to see. He had JT Daniels one, Max Johnson two. Um, quarterback at a a LSU, which again, you know, that's another SEC program that they're coming off of a down year. They're hoping, you know, I, I would say expectations for LSU are a little bit higher, but I don't think they're so high that I would justify him being the second most important player in all of college football. Like at least Georgia on paper is a, is a contender.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And then you go down to six too. He's also got AM. We've already talked a bunch about AM and how they're a potential team that could blow up. I mean, you could argue that whoever it is that starts, I mean, he's got Haynes King um at number six in his piece, but you could argue that whoever the AM starting quarterback is is just as important as JT Daniels, right?
1: And I and I should mention um at six there for AM, it does have a caveat. It says or, you know, they, they've got There's a couple of these listed. The Miami defensive end, it was a similar deal. It was like one of these guys is going to break out. Whichever one of them does is going to be the most important player. Um, For number six specifically, it has Haynes King or, you know, Zach Calzada, I believe you pronounce it. The the other guy that's, you know, kind of in contention at
0: that quarterback position. Yeah, it's weird to me that LSU is that high. Because, like, it's, I don't know. I guess college football is kind of like... all about the debates about, like, what matters and what doesn't matter. It's like, well, neither of these teams have a chance to win a national championship, but it's a huge rivalry game, and so this game really matters. Whereas, like, if we're just looking at this from a pure national perspective, like, what is going to matter at the end of this season? I don't think there's much that Max Johnson can do to make it so that LSU is a part of that conversation. And we were actually, I was talking about LSU with a couple of the bus reporters up in Boulder today, um, and they were higher on LSU. They thought that they would, like, have a good chance to bounce back. Where do you guys stand there?
2: I, that's just tough for me just because I like so many other teams in the SEC more, I think. Yeah. I mean, unless they really have like a repeat of two years ago and all of a sudden they're just this dominant force that nobody really saw coming, um, maybe. But, I mean, we've talked about A&M. going to be Bama. Georgia, obviously. Yeah. Florida's going to be coming back strong. Um, it's just tough for me to really see LSU make an earnest push this year.
1: They're going to be a good team, but I think you guys just nailed the, nailed it right on the head there. They're going to be in the middle of the pack of the SEC this year, unless they drastically break out in a way that I don't really see them happening. Just especially with some of these teams being so loaded. I do wonder how much of his mindset went into if I just put the Alabama and Clemson quarterbacks as one two. Nobody's going to read this because they're right. bored with the Alabama Clemson storyline, and that's always something to consider. I get it, you know, at that angle as a content creator, you're trying to most maximized interest in your piece, but I think if we're being honest, Bryce Young and DJ Ugalele are the most important college football players and maybe Sam Howell.
2: Uh, in the Heisman race, for sure.
1: I don't yeah. know about title
2: race.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I North Carolina yeah. is not even in contention. They're not even a top 20 right. team without Howell. I've, I've just started running through and like looking at the betting lines for this season. I think I'm going to take that North Carolina under really I can't remember what the number is right now. It would make for a much better conversation, but I do think that like there's just so much hype and so many things that can go wrong without those playmakers. It it seems like it's pretty often. There's a really good quarterback who just doesn't win that many games. And I don't know, just throwing that out there, I guess.
2: Sure. Um, Also number 19, Adrian Martinez, Nebraska. I, Adrian Martinez can light the world on fire. I don't really see Nebraska making <laughs> any type of national headline news this year.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I don't say about him.
2: Like, I mean, yeah,
0: look that up. because I'm curious, like, is it just because he thinks that every year for the last like two, three years, they've been saying like, oh, Adrian Martinez, you could be a Heisman contender and he's never gotten anywhere close. And like half the time he gets benched. So yeah. I, what, what does he say, Justin?
1: All right, this is what Bill Connolly has to say about Adrian Martinez, Nebraska's quarterback. Martinez is better than you think, but he's also not McKenzie Milton. The quarterback, Nebraska head coach Scott Frost led to glory at UCF. But oh, the opportunity that awaits Martinez as a senior. Not only does he get another chance to deliver on his promise, but he also gets shots at the team's ranked 2nd, 4th, 12th, and 18th in the preseason AP poll. Mm -hmm. Nebraska won't win the Big Ten, but the
0: Huskers could play a role in who does okay i here's what I do kind of like that argument better because the point is that like he could just knock off some important team. That's a good argument. Is Nebraska with Adrian Martinez who you should really be making that argument for though?
2: Right. I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning at this point. He also mentioned uh Sean Clifford, quarterback at Penn State, also. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nebraska is not even close, I think, in terms of Ohio State, even Penn State, <laughs> Michigan. I mean, there's just Wisconsin. It, they're, I mean, like we said at the LSU, they're really just fighting for like mid tier at this point. Yeah, I mean, maybe they do get an upset against someone that's you know ranked top three at the time, and you know we'll make a big deal of that at the time, and we'll look back in the season and go, oh, that was a cool game. But is this really a guy that's gonna you know just carry a headline throughout the year? I don't think well, so. Based on
1: history, they're much more likely to go 0-4, or 0-5 in that stretch of games against top 25 teams than Nebraska being the team that throws a wrench in the whole thing for the Big Ten. Again, uh-huh. shout out Bill Connolly. I love him. One of my favorite college football media personalities. He's a guy that clearly loves the game, but this one feels like he put Adrian Martinez in because Nebraska hasn't been relevant in a decade and if they're going to be, it'll come down to Adrian Martinez. But that's not actually what no. most of the national college football fans are, are interested in. That feels like a nostalgia, a nostalgia element kind of influencing his decision making. Yep. By the way. Oh, then, and by the way, the over/under for North Carolina is nine and a half. Hank. Yeah.
0: Is nine wins more likely than ten? Ten and two. that that, that that's a really
2: good season. But I ACC think so. He's not
1: great outside of Clemson. True,
2: but you are going to lose I mean, to Clemson. North Carolina is coming into the. They have a number ten ranking right now. Which I I love so many things about that program, but ten <laughs> in the country at this point, eh, losing the yeah. players they lost. One more note on Nebraska.
0: They lost by five touchdowns to Ohio State last year. I don't know that this is the upset pick we need.
2: Yeah, right. That's a pretty <laughs> That's, big gap.
1: That, yeah. Watch Nebraska come out and go like nine and three this year and
0: just make us all look like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the uh, the one Pac-12 player on the list out there, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end from Oregon. Uh, again, no idea how there's <laughs> like no no more Pac-12 storylines. That's just it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really good. You could see how. I mean, Oregon does have a path to the college football playoff. I don't think it's going to happen for them or any other Pac-12 team, but there's obviously a world in which it happens. You just got to almost run the table. You lose to Ohio State, win the rest, and they're going to be good. That, yeah, they play them this year. Um, I think that... Pff, I, Kayvon Thibodeau feels like a cop-out answer when you look at some of these others. You know, where it's like... You, he is going to be really good. He's going to get 10, 12 sacks at least this season, I think. What about the true freshman quarterback they're going to be starting? Maybe he's a little bit more more important to the success. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Just seems kind of lazy. Your guy Noah Spence, too. I mean, this was a guy that was highly recruited, a guy that played insanely well as a true freshman. And, I mean, he plays, I guess, a more versatile position. He's going to be making more plays just in terms of, you know, tackles and everything. Um, I don't know. That would have been worth a mention, I think. I would think so, too.
0: What other names stand out here?
1: Just real quick. Oregon, they got to be the best, and and we're going to get into our playoff predictions later, so we don't have to dive that much into it. But at least on paper, if there was a Pac-12 team to put some money behind, they would be your team, right, over Washington?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Washington or USC. Just, yeah. I think I'd probably even have USC two. just it's that's just so hard to say, given what we've seen from them recently. But Washington, just not all that explosive on offense. They just, they just, I feel like they have a ceiling. I think that they'll be pretty similar to Utah on uh, the, the in the South Division um, with Oregon, though. I do think that if there's a team that can make a run like they have the talent. Um, Ty Thompson, the true freshman quarterback, they really like him. They think he's like one of the next up and coming big stars of college football. And this would be pretty quick for him to put all that together, but no, he's got a good running game. They're good in the trenches. They can make a run. Um, I do think though, that it's not going to happen. Like, I don't know if they have like UCLA on the schedule, but UCLA to me is like the fifth out of the six teams in the PAC 12 South. and they can also just put up a bunch of points because there'll be one game where the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over like three times. And that's just the way the PAC 12 goes is somebody gets super explosive one week and then ruins the season for the entire conference.
2: Right.
1: Anybody else stand out to you? Some running back love on here. I mean, they've got Bijan Robinson, Texas, Brees hall makes the list. Um,
0: I think, I think yeah, Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. I'm skipping to a receiver. I think having Justin Ross on, there's a good call. I think that in terms of like importance to the season, just because he is so up in the air in terms of what he provides after having a very serious injury, that's a fun one. Um, And I think that he does really impact what Clemson does this year in terms of success.
2: I think he really kind of changes the trajectory of that team. I mean, you lost Cornell Powell and Amari Rogers last year and you know, they were good, very, very good. But they weren't world beaters. You know, they're not, you know, a highly touted prospect on the outside. Now you're getting back literally one of the best receivers in college football uh, for a young quarterback that only played a couple games last year. Um, It could really just change the trajectory trajectory of their season, having him back in the fold.
0: Yeah. Matt Corral at Ole Miss. I think that's a fun one with Lane Kiffin. I don't know that I mean I think that's probably another one like Nebraska where it's like they're gonna they're gonna play five teams in the top ten, I'm guessing, and that offense might be able to take down one or two of them. That's the difference, is I actually think Ole Miss could upset
1: someone with the offense that they have and what we've seen. Lane Kiffin, I mean that team had some juice last year. They were inconsistent and you could see the talent gap between them and in the top of the SEC. But they were in every game, they were competitive. I think that's a program that's trending in the right direction. I think Matt Corral's inclusion on this list is pretty accurate cuz that's going to be Ole Miss, you know, a couple years back we had those that like three-year stretch where the Alabama Ole Miss games were just all electric, you know. Maybe we get something like that where Ole Miss plays a shootout against LSU or Georgia or I'd have to pull up their schedule, you know, Alabama, I'm not sure who they've got out of the East and who they've got out of the West, but I'm curious
2: to see what Ole Miss is able to do this year. Right, and Ole Miss is definitely not going to be a defensive juggernaut, so it's going to be the Matt Corral show, no doubt, Mm -hmm. for them.
1: Anything else? Anybody you were surprised didn't make the list? A little surprised Chris Alave, but I guess they got Garrett Wilson too, so maybe having both of them kind of hurts
0: each other's argument. That makes sense. um, You could could make a case for uh, Keaton Slovis, I feel like. USC if they do put yeah. it together If he is like a big time player I mean, there's, there's a path to the college football playoff for them too It's just that USC is always going to Screw up at least one game and probably a couple
2: Right And I guess we'll get into this more in the talk Shea, But not having Jalen Watermeyer there Is kind of interesting also That'd be a third player from Texas A&M though
0: do you, Okay, how do we rank yep. the importance Of those guys?
2: Uh so who are you saying, uh, Leal, Watermeyer, and Spiller? And then the, the quarterback. Oh, and the quarterback. Um, yeah. Well,
1: quarterback's got to be well, one, right? Because right. we've Probably. seen a yep. lot of these other guys before, and that was kind of the difference between A&M was Kellen Mond. was He was fine, but he was a little a step below some of those other guys.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think i just put Leal at the bottom of those three, honestly. I mean, I think Spiller's going to have to carry a lot of the load, especially when you have the unknown at quarterback. Yeah. Watermeyer is going to be acting as like that safety blanket. I mean, I mentioned it a couple of shows ago. A&M doesn't really have very much talent on the outside. He's really kind of their only offensive or their receiving weapon that they have.
0: Yeah. And I, I really want to make the argument that Spiller isn't as important because, you know, I gave the shout out to Anais Smith last time who can, he plays some running back, plays some receiver, but with a young quarterback that the running game is just so important it has to be spiller on that list number two
1: all right let's move on let's let's kind of transition here into todd mcshay's top 50 big board gonna be some fun conversations to be had there before we do though Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner, college football season. Celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting the new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, they've already got the lines up for week zero, week one. Go check all of it out. DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving all those players, all you got to do, bet $1, you're going to get $200. It's going to come in $25 installations, which is great a one you know $200 free bet that's a lot of pressure here you can kind of diversify your funds spread it out give yourself the best chance of making it rain all you got to do head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now check out all the great promotions daily odds boosts that they're offering they've got same game parlays now which is super dope DraftKings is safe secure and reliable they're located right here in the United States so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. Again, that promo code DNVR to get a free, hundred, or excuse me, a free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
0: I'm, uh, I'm in real big on the Ravens in this game that starts in, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> they've, won, they've won 18 preseason games in a row. They're won on the, the road. at weirdest streaks in sports. I, I think True. so, too. But also, I feel like if you're the one team that cares about winning preseason games, that can take you a long way. And I don't know for a fact that that's what's going on in Baltimore. But when you win 18 in a row, like, there has to be some sort of emphasis on, like, yeah, let's go out there and
2: get the dub. I mean, we'll not to that. go too deep on this. I think it's a, honestly like their team building standpoint, you look at their quarterbacks, sure. they're all athletes too. So even the second and third stringer, even though they're not Lamar, um, they're coming in, they're running around and making plays. So
0: And they always have like
2: four starting running backs. Yeah. <laughs> like There's never just some like five foot
0: six walk, not walk on undrafted guy who's going out there and fumbling the ball or whatever. OK, um, we should keep moving, though. Green Mountain Dental Group is incredible. It's uh, one of our longest standing partners. They've been with us for as long as I can remember. Uh, and we've had a bunch of our listeners switch over to them over the years, make them their f- permanent family dentist. Uh, we've also had a couple of our co-workers head out there as well. Ali and Lindsay both got their wisdom teeth out at uh, Green Mountain Dental. Both of them had like different experiences. Lindsay's just went like super smoothly. Allie, and again, this isn't something that's the doctor's fault. I think that Allie was probably pretty irresponsible in the way she handled herself post-surgery. Don't tell her I said that. Um, But because she did have like the dry sockets or whatever, um, Green Mountain Dental really, really did take care of her. Um, They were checking in consistently. They were making sure she had all of her meds. They were like doing all the things that you'd want your dentist to do when you're having a rough time with your teeth. Lindsay, on the other hand, she uh, said it was literally the best dentist experience of her life. They sent her like a card, which isn't quite as important, but it's nice to have perks when things are going really well too, I guess. Um, If you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. Make sure that you tweeted us when you go out there. It's, It's a super convenient spot. It's just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood. So, uh get out there all of our listeners and uh ali and Lindsay can't be wrong they are the very best at what they do so go to green mountain dental group guys fantasy football draft season is upon us
1: jake's got his tonight actually but it's time to put the pp back in the ppr league with the sponsor of today's show manscaped the leaders (laughs) (laughs) the leaders of below the waist grooming just launched a new performance package 4.0 do not neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR. You do not want to miss out on all of this. Guys, Manscaped, the the performance package 4.0, it's incredible. I mean, they, they use literally like scientifically, I'm, I'm not smart enough to explain this, they use engineers to come in and precisely design blades that don't, Nikia, that don't cut you. It's smooth. It's got an awesome LED light. The whole, pro- the whole process is just so much smoother when you use Manscaped. I'm team Manscaped all the way at this point. I love the lawnmower 4.0, love the Body Wash, the Crop Preserver, you name it. I love all of it. I think RK shouted out on the Broncos pod that they're a one-stop shop. I'm all about convenience. Again, make sure you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you put into your fantasy team, you might as well give them some beautiful balls with Manscaped.
0: So true, Justin.
1: Okay, uh, I hope hope your mom wasn't (laughs) listening to that one, guys, or uh, your grandma or whoever else might have walked in the
0: room (laughs) um let's uh let's get to this uh top 50 big board from our guy todd mcshay over at espn i actually ran i didn't run into him what happened was he was out at the oregon cu game when i was there and so i just kind of like lingered behind him and molly mcgrath i was just like wow i wonder what these people do just kind of like i didn't make it obvious i was following them around but when I was following it, following them around, it really did like just kind of set in my brain like this is my guy. So I'm excited that we get to talk about him a little bit more. Um, first of all, his number one prospect in the 2022 draft, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma. I mean, does that surprise you guys?
2: Honestly, no, little. Mean, a,
1: really? All right. Well, why?
2: Yeah, I mean. I think there's still legitimate questions about his game. Um, also just about his frame in regards to, you know, just how small, not how small he is. I mean, he's just on the smaller side. A little fan. Um, yeah. He he just doesn't feel like a slam dunk. Number one prospect to me at this point. Um, especially when you have guys like uh, Kevon Thibodeau. I mean, Derek Stingley, just some highly touted defensive players. Um, I mean, it, it's not shocking, I guess, but I was just a little surprised to see it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I To me, there's... I don't even know, like four or five quarterbacks, maybe even more than that, that if you want to make an argument for that being the best quarterback in this class, I'd listen. And to me, Spencer Rattler is one of those guys. And even though he'd probably be a little bit lower down my board, probably like the third quarterback. I haven't thought through these rankings recently, but probably right around there. I'm not going to hate too much on having him number one.
1: I mean, they're they're definitely banking on Rattler taking it to the next level, right? It's it's all on presumption here, and we'll have to see. I mean, there's some things you see out of Rattler that you really like. He obviously has a big arm, not the most accurate guy at times. My biggest problem with him is his decision-making, which is just really erratic. We see him get frustrated. There were a couple of games where it's like he throws a pick, and then he just compounds on it, and he tries to force it more, and instead of You know, going down the field and getting a scoring drive. He just doubles down and gets another pick. There are quarterbacks like that, you know, that just can't seem to get out of their own way. They have the skill set. We'll have to see. I was a little surprised he was behind Sam Howell. He, I don't know, just based on what we've already seen at this point. But I think Jake nailed it just in terms of, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Hank's guy at Oregon or Derek Stingley. Like there are people with really high NFL ceilings and I think probably higher than Rattlers, but it's a quarterback league.
0: Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, let's, let's just start by running through where these quarterbacks are, and then we can kind of move on to the rest. So number one, like we said, Spencer Rattler. Number two on the big board is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Not much of a surprise there. We'll talk more in a second. But um, from there, there's a bit of a jump down to number seven with Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, from there, you've got Keaton Slovis from USC at number 11. Um, Desmond Ritter, uh, number 19 at Cincinnati um Carson Strong is next up at number 31 and that rounds out all of the quarterbacks on the list um a- any any omissions there first of all anybody you think that should be in this top what is that is that six quarterbacks
2: you're gonna make me say it, huh? I'm, I'm gonna going to make me my, say it where's my boy Phil Dracovic come on <laughs> come on
1: I was going to say it too. And I, then I was just like, "No, nah, I got to let Jake do it. <laughs> Who do you bump
2: off? Honestly, I don't know why Keaton Slovis is a top 10 prospect at this point or top 11 prospect at this point. Um, I've got legitimate questions about his arm strength, just in terms of ma- being able to make all the throws. Um, we talked about this a bit earlier. Um, he does like play the position very well, right? He's got a good feel for it. He finds the open man, um, but it's just those top end traits I don't think that's something that really gets him to 11 overall, but this is something that I think McShea's kind of fallen victim to. I mean, a couple of years ago, he had Nate Stanley like really high and he ended up going undrafted last year, I think so.
0: Yeah, that's I think point. that's a good call. I've, I've been out on Keaton ever since Pac-12 media day, just because as I've been saying, he's just kind of a little fella. I thought that, you know, you see six, three and whatever he weighs, but when I looked at him, he is not that big. And if he is not that big, No, (laughs) you you don't have it then. You're you're lacking the speed. You make some bad decisions. The arm strength, I guess, is there, but you just need the size for me to believe the arm strength, I guess.
1: I'm gonna hear he's a little fella every USC game
0: I watch this season now. Yes. They're gonna be like Keaton Slovis, and we're like, "Oh, what a little fella!" <laughs> he is a little bit. Of, watch him when he's out there. I need to like really lock in this year because I didn't notice it before. But that is not a, not a big man.
1: I was he's excited playing. that Carson Strong made the list. I mean, obviously, I've been really high on him for quite some time now. I would say right now, pretty confidently, that Carson Strong has a lot better nfl potential than keaton slovis does just based purely on arm strength alone but again you know it's slovis feels very trevor Semian to me like i feel like he right. could in the right situation with the right talent around him lead a team to a pretty successful run but is slovis going to be the guy that makes a big time throw that you know separates that offense from somebody else i have a hard time seeing it and that's why you know number 11 like It'd be one thing if he would have came in at like 30, like around where Carson Strong is, but
0: 11, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and I will say I think Jaden Daniels should be on this list. He's just so talented, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not surprised that he's getting slept on by Todd McShay. Although, no, actually, I am a little bit. I like Todd McShay. I have high standards for him, but Jaden Daniels, he's just, he's, he's what you want for the modern NFL, and I think that by the end of this process, people will kind of come around.
2: Overall, this list, I think this has to make us all feel good, right? We all have a few guys on here. I mean, Drake London's on here. Um, we have uh, Dre's guy, Malik Willis, at seven. Um, I mean, Justin already said his dude, Carson Strong. So, I don't know. I feel pretty good after seeing this. I don't know about you guys. I it's a lot of guys we've been guy,
1: talking actually. about. That's definitely true. I mean, you see Hank's guys on here. You see Dre's guys that got a couple of years. We are missing Dracovic. Um no Nate Landman, which I guess he's probably not a top 50 prospect, yeah. but... Just not good enough. I think fan. when healthy, he's at least in the conversation. Um, Trey McBride, though, from Colorado State, our guy, Team DNVR, coming in at number 27 overall and the number one tight end on his board, which may be a little bit surprising to people. I mean, we've talked a lot about uh, Kohler at Iowa State and, and Watemeyer at Texas A&M. But you know the, the thing that McShay brings up with Trey McBride is a lot of the selling points that I've made on him. He's, he's just the most complete football player. He's a guy that's going to be able to run block better than all these other guys. Does mention that gets a little top heavy at times, and you know there's some room for improvement there. But he's fluid as a route runner, catches everything that comes near him. I don't know, pretty pretty cool just to see a team DMVR guy getting this much national love though.
0: It is definitely really cool. Too. Yep, for sure. Yeah. To not have Weitermeyer, like, I think Weitermeyer is in the top 10, and it's just oh, amazing he? to me that McShay doesn't have him in the top 50. Yeah, the fact that he didn't make the list was
1: definitely weird. I mean, I love, Trey's yeah. my guy. I will confidently say Trey's as good as any tight end in the country. If you want to say those guys are the best tight end, I understand your reasoning. They're ballers. But to not even have him or Kohler make the list when you've got Slovis at 11 and some of these other guys at the bottom, I that's a tough sell to me, especially with how important the tight end is in the modern offense.
0: Yeah, right. I totally um, agree. And they're tough to find. It's not like all these receivers that every year there's there's like five more number one. It's another good point. More.
1: There's like two or three of them every year that actually end up being you know, top end tight ends. At least you might get a couple of guys that'll have, you know, a moment in the sun, a couple of years in the in the league. But mm-hmm. these are guys that could be game changing tight ends.
2: Also, I thought it was interesting. He had George Pickens at 47, a guy who's not even going to be able to play football this year. He still has in the top 50. So he's very talented. I get it, but just interesting.
0: That's a name that stuck out to me too. And I didn't I didn't come up with anything. Like I wasn't sure. I was thinking, like, yeah, he's got to be higher. He's George Pickens. And I thought, well, he's got to be lower. He's not going to play any football. And so maybe that means that 47 just kind of is the right spot because he's a really good player and we're just not going to see him.
2: Right. Have we have um, we seen
0: anything like that recently? Because Jamar Chase, he didn't miss a season, did he?
2: No. Well, I mean, he didn't play last year. That's but I mean, right. That, That's what it was. That, but that first season was just so crazy with him and Burrow that I mean, we all just kind of passed that on. I mean, we yeah. all got it, I guess, when he opted out. So it wasn't wasn't a Would big. Bosa surprise?
1: be in that conversation because I I mean he wasn't. Yeah he was like sort of injured, but I think he mostly just sat out. I don't think it was an instance where he couldn't have played if he didn't want to.
2: That was like first or second game of the season too. So that's, yeah, I think that's a fairly good comparison. I mean, I don't, I don't know though. I mean, he's got the, you already knew what Joey was at that point too. So, and Nick already flashed dominance the year before. So maybe, yeah. I, the thing is just pickings at times. I don't even know if he was the best receiver on Georgia. I mean, Karis Jackson was on fire in multiple games last year. So uh I guess that's just my biggest issue with that one.
0: I think is is Isaiah Spiller on this list? I don't think he's on here. He is not. And I don't know. I think I'm Brees probably Hall the made it lowest at 38. Here. But... Yeah. I think Tyron I'm probably Williams. the lowest on uh on uh spiller out of all of us. But but I still think that like he, he just fits the NFL mold so well, like like my complaint about him is he's just not super explosive for college football. And I mean, he's he is very explosive, but just in terms of like being a t- top three running back in the country, you know, it's a lot of like 30 carries for 150 yards. And you're happy with that, but maybe not some of the top end stuff. And I, I just figured that played so well in the NFL. Surprising to me that he's not in there. He feels like he feels like Monte Morris to me. If you're a Nuggets fan,
1: mm. maybe you'll get this comparison just in a sense that he checks all the boxes like Monte Morris might be the best true point guard on the Nuggets if we're talking about fulfilling the duties of a point guard. But he's not the most explosive. You know, he's not going to kill you from three point range. He's not going to throw a crazy dunk on you, something like that. Mm. But he checks all the boxes and that's filler with me. There are traits from other running backs that I like more. But he just, you know, like Henry said, he just, he checks all the boxes when it comes to the NFL. You could put that guy in just about any system and he's going to go for a thousand yards.
2: Yeah. Um, Not a lot of edge love I'm seeing either. I mean, of course you have Kayvon Thibodeau right at the top. um, But you got Adam Anderson at 23 and then Aiden Hutchinson at 40. I mean, I guess Nick Benito would be considered edge also. But um, just not as deep as I guess... Todd McShay doesn't think it's as deep as we all originally thought.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, definitely worth noting all that stuff. But I do think that there's going to be a lot that changes during this draft. And I think that this all just kind of leans toward the skill position players. Like there's not many offensive linemen on here either. Um, I wonder if that's just like a little bit of name recognition playing into these lists early on.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, once you kind of see these guys go against each other, I guess, is really when they start to, you know, boost their stock and everything. Um, but yeah, I noticed that also not a lot of offensive tackles in a league that has really prioritized offensive tackles in the first uh, round the past two years. Not many options, so.
1: A couple months from now, I'm looking forward to coming back to this initial first list and just kind of seeing where the the greatest movement is, you know, which which one of these quarterbacks kind of separates themselves. Maybe it is Rattler and not that much changes at the top, but, you know, likely this list is going to look a lot different at the end of the season than it does right now. I don't know, any other thoughts on this before we kind of give our college football playoff predictions and wrap up the
2: show? Um, Real quick, Iowa State got quite a bit of love. I mean, they had two defensive prospects, Mike Rose inside linebacker. Uh, Will McDonald, defensive end, uh, 36. And then, of course, Brees Hall. So, just thought that was interesting. Yeah,
1: that is worth noting.
0: It's not a transition ton of too. Bama
1: or Clemson guys either. Just right? if we're looking at the top 50, like, there's a lot of OU guys on there. You mentioned Iowa State. Cincinnati even has, like, four guys in the top 50. But Bama and Clemson, a little bit, you know, a couple guys each. But it's not like they dominate the list.
2: Yeah, uh- those are schools you can just kind of wait and see, though, right? I mean, as soon as they were like three games in, it's just like, oh, well, this guy is obviously a first-round talent, so. Yeah,
0: and I, and it seems like those, those top-tier teams, they lost a lot more of their team than a lot of the other teams did. I mean, the Pac-12 is basically like every team returning everybody because not many players left for the draft because they aren't seen the same way that Alabama and all those schools are. So I think maybe having some new faces in there It'll, it'll definitely be fun, but it probably means that there's more guys toward the end of the year we're talking about. Is Jaden Daniels the Pac 12 player you're most excited about going into this season? Um, we'll say non buff. I Jarek Broussard is just, yeah, just not favorite, yeah. The non. totally different world. Just so fast and so much faster now. But yeah, I think non CU, I'd have to go with Jaden Daniels as he was last year. And he's fast. He's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. Uh, Jarek makes Jaden Daniels look slow. But yeah, I think uh, Jaden, that that whole Arizona State team is just going to be the one to watch this year because I thought they were the best team last year. Have that terrible loss with the onside kick in the first game. Don't play again for a month, so they lose to UCLA and then win the last two by so many points. I think that they're the best team again this year. Except that they've already lost three of their position coaches and there's probably more on the way. That's but what all I was those guys are going to have a staff. With I know, right? Like, who <laughs> are they just going to hire, like, one of the high school staffs to come in? Maybe. Because what else are they going to do if they start picking off all the important people? Because they're just working their way up with this investigation. Just call up a bunch of former Herm Edwards players in the NFL. Just get a bunch of retired
1: guys. Like, what are you doing? I'm not so sure Herm's going to be allowed to make those calls. But <laughs> we'll see.
0: Um, uh, this, this one stuff. sucks
1: because I like him. I, I wanted her to pan out, but this was exactly what I was worried about when he got hired, to be honest. This it just the the college game is a completely different process. You know, you don't you can't just do what you want. You don't have the absolute control that you have. As an and NFL like, coach,
0: on paper, what they did makes a lot of sense. They had Antonio Pierce to, I, I, is he also defensive coordinator? He has another role there. Um, but uh, they're just like, okay, you're in charge of recruiting. You handle all this stuff. Herm, you handle all the stuff that you're really good at. And Antonio just broke every rule in the book. And to watch what that happen. So for those of you who don't know, like they were, they're doing all sorts of stuff. They're flying out recruits, and they were not allowed to do that. They're because of COVID. They were hosting workouts on like high school fields, and the, the coaches were recording videos of those workouts and just like having meetings talking about them. And so everybody knows that they were doing these things that were not allowed. The videos still exist. This ship is going to sink. Like there's no way around it. They're just holding on as long as they can. It's like, well, yeah, you have to be a little bit shady to to win in college football. You can't do it this obviously, and now they're getting in You gotta cover your trouble. tracks a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm- cheating in a family game.
1: You know what I mean? It's 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 mm-hmm. accepted for the most part if you cheat in mon- Monopoly, but you gotta you gotta work. You gotta you know cover your tracks a little bit. Yeah. You can't just be reaching in the middle of the board and
0: grabbing the cash. Like you gotta be sly about the process. Every weekend guess- at ten thirty, you can't be having meetings in the stairwell so that you can meet up with all the recruits and their families and give them tours when nobody's gonna find out. And then for, for all that to happen, for them to be breaking COVID rules, and then at the time right. we're all just saying, wait, it sucks that you guys are having troubles with COVID. Like, you guys aren't allowed to play for a month because you're all sick. Well, it's like, well, of course you were. You're doing all these dumb things. Like, there's rules for a reason.
2: I guess the only thing that really is going in their favor in this situation, though, mm-hmm. is we've already talked about it multiple times off, this offseason. We've really seen the NCAA lose a lot of power um, yeah. just because of, Uh, another era of just like moving conferences and everything. So Mm -hmm. uh, who knows, maybe they're the first team to kind of just get a pass because no one's ever really there to like slap them on the wrist or anything.
0: And the other thing is decisions don't come for two or three years typically. And so like the evidence is overwhelming because it's so obvious that these three were like paying for flights and there are literal receipts. There are videos of them out there working and everybody at Arizona state knew and so it takes one or two people being willing to talk and there are a few people who said that they didn't get what they deserved there's a former offensive lineman i can't remember who it was not nick mangled he's still playing but but somebody like that who's saying i was working in this program i should be the offensive line coach and now he's just going and telling everybody to listen that they were cheating the whole time because they made it so obvious and so who knows if this moves quickly and that's why they've had to put a few position coaches on administrative leave but i don't know it's uh, a yeah. It's a mess. You ever notice that the
1: uh, the teams that are not so great at winning are also not so great at cheating? Arizona State, <laughs> Nebraska, like some of these.
0: It, it makes you wonder, though, are they really not good at cheating? Or are those just the teams that the NCAA is willing to be like, okay, you're not allowed to do this. We need to be cut, cracking down. We can't just be letting teams cheat. But there's no way they're going to go after Bama. Like, they need Bama.
2: Right. So college football is infernal in if Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama and Oklahoma are getting popped every other year for recruiting violations. It's right? like
1: in basketball when they pop Creighton, but like Kansas go year exactly. after year after year.
0: <laughs> yeah. It might be. I think you're on something. That <laughs> it's probably a mix of that and they're bad at cheating. Duh. Let's move on, it, though. So, who is going right, to the college football playoff? How, How do, do we, we want to reveal this?
1: Do we just want to just go forward? Just real four teams and then just kind of rapid fire. Do we want to be coy about it and go one by one? Or?
2: Let's, I think let's, we're going to have a lot of overlap. I think we should just lay it all out and then we discuss it afterwards. So Okay. okay. I'll throw this out there. Bama to me is a lock.
0: Ohio State's a lock. Clemson's a lock. And then that right. other spot is kind of up for grabs. And I think it's going to be Georgia. Okay. Okay. I was going
2: to say AM.
1: That's fair. I've got Bama, I've got Clemson, I've got Georgia, and I've got Wisconsin.
2: Wow. Ooh. You know, I like that, though, because questions surrounding, you know, they just named C.J. Stroud uh, the starting quarterback at Ohio State, um, but he's definitely not Justin Fields' level. So there's a there's a high standard that's going to be held um, in Columbus for the starting quarterback this year. And, you know, maybe he just pulls a J.T. Barrett season where he's more – productive on the ground than he is through the air and that's just good enough because ohio state's just that good and they're able to skate by um but i do like that prediction justin that's nice i just wanted to shake it up i mean i think if you put
1: ohio state you know in your in your prediction i think they've got two of the best wide receivers in the country we're excited about some of the the talent they have at defensive end harrison you know uh, Meyer, whatever their odd bad offensive tackle name is, Thayern, uh Munford. Is that his name? Munford, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the offensive tackle. I mean, there's a lot to like about Ohio State. Part of it for Wisconsin, I think their schedule is pretty favorable. It, it lines up nice for them to make a nice double digit run. And and you know, I'm just kind of counting on them getting hot and maybe pulling the upset over Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. But I think those are the two that I think are likely going to run the run the conference this year. And I think those are the two that have the best chance to
0: make it out. That's fair. Graham Mertz isn't a draft prospect yet. One more year, but he'll definitely be fun to watch. And he was bad last year, but he was also eighteen, and so you know boy, they're going to lean was... on that run game like they always yep. do. And he right, was but... like the number one prospect, number one quarterback in the country. I'm not sure if he was number one prospect. So I mean, there's yeah. there's a chance for him to be really good. And if that's the case, then they'll be off and of running.
2: He flashed a lot last year, though, and but I don't think we've really given any kind of credit or buzz to Graham Mertz at all and maybe we're kind of sleeping a bit because uh he he should actually now that I think of it that's a name that should have definitely been on Bill Connolly's list over some of the other uh big 10 guys
1: yeah the toughest part for Wisconsin is they've got Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan all in the opening month of the season I don't think Michigan is going to be that great this year I don't think Penn State's terrifying either but the fact that they have to play both of those conference games in the opening month with Notre Dame sprinkled in there—that's that's a rough way to start. If you go like one and three right off the bat, that's obviously going to throw a wrench in, in their plans. But after they get out of that first month, man, they've got Illinois, Army, Purdue, Iowa, Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota. So like that, that first month is brutal. And then they're just really set up nice to make a run. I'm just excited we get to talk about this, man. How, like, I feel so different going into this season than I did last. And I know I've said that on like four podcasts in a row, but it just, it does feel like a real college
0: football season right now yeah it does and I on mean, Graham Mertz I just pulled up the game log because I was curious so he had the first game against Illinois where he was just unbelievable And my, my roommate is like I've said many times a Wisconsin fan and so we were watching we were fired up I thought that that uh Graham Mertz was like the truth he was he was 20 to 21 248 yards five touchdowns no interceptions oh,
2: but yeah. then after
0: that completed 54% of his passes, 56, 58, 52, and then 60, 64 to cap things off. There's what four touchdowns, five interceptions in that stretch. So we've seen it go really well before. We've also seen some, some bad quarterback play.
2: Right. I mean, Wisconsin doesn't really have much talent on the outside though. I guess he doesn't really have too much help. So, I mean, not that that's, you know, And that's the what you wonder though, do they,
1: have the, do they have the horses to run with some of these other offenses in the Big Ten? I think they're going to be really competitive. I think there's not anybody that's going to walk all over him, but it might take 35 to beat Ohio State.
2: Right, but like you said though, Justin, that schedule sets up so nicely. You even get Iowa at home later on in the year. Um, I mean, maybe circle that Army game just because it's the triple option and you just – you just kind of go into that one, just going, well, whatever happens, happens. But um, yeah, there, Wisconsin's really set up nicely, I believe. Yeah. Who do you have, Jake? Um, so I said uh, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then I put A&M. Um, I oh, thought about right. Oklahoma. I just, I just don't know if that schedule and the Big 12 as an entity are going to have enough pull to really kind of put themselves over like a one or two loss A&M at that point, especially if A&M loses like only to Bama and I don't know, Auburn or something, but man, I, it just feels you like a lot of Do you think Texas is going
1: to be better? You know, Iowa state yeah. has, there's a reason to believe in them. Like there's, there's a couple of teams on that schedule, Oklahoma state that could really throw a wrench in, in Oklahoma's planning. They're going to have to run the table. You know, they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt like in Alabama or Clemson will, if they, if they slip up one week.
2: Right, I mean, it's almost like they have to be undefeated to really get a shot, and I just don't see that happening. So that's kind of why I left them out.
0: That's fair. That's fair. They were they were the first team out of mine. Why, what, what do you like
1: about a more than you like about Georgia?
2: Oh, man, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I just like the head coach overall. I like Jimbo Fisher. I like how he really transformed Calamon as a quarterback. I have more faith in him. Uh, with whoever they pull in at quarterback this year to start, rather than Kirby Smart and his gang with JT Daniels, just kind of hoping that he's just spectacular. Whereas I really think that Jimbo can get a guy that can just, you know, be serviceable, feed Wattemeyer, feed Spiller, uh, feed Hank's guy Smith, um, and just kind of take the weight off his shoulders. I just think it's a, more, a better coach team than Georgia at this point.
1: They've got the favorable schedule argument, much like Wisconsin does there. We've dove into that a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, but a and schedule really sets up nicely. They miss most of the teeth in the SEC. They've got all the tough games at home. Like they're, they're in the best position that they've been in a while, especially coming off of a season in which they finish, you know, fifth in the ranking. They already have some of that juice going for them. You know, it, it's only going to take another big win or two for everyone to just completely buy into A&M. Although, except Hank's been a little uh, little critical
0: of a It's just going to be such oh, a shame absolutely. when the, the whole season is a loss after a big <laughs> week two upset. <laughs> I feel bad for them. They were they're so excited for this long three-month run, but it, it might be ending here, what, three, four weeks from today? Yeah. About a month from now. Three weeks from today.
2: Yeah, three, the 11th. Huh?
0: Yeah, the 11th. Yeah. Wow. I will
2: say, though, Their out of conference schedule is so, so weak that, you know, maybe if they, I'm sorry, not (laughs) taking Colorado out, but I mean, keep them in. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, you got Kent state UNM, and then this is just, what is this Prairie view? A and M they're playing right before the last week of the season. I mean, what is going on with this schedule? Whereas Georgia's opening the season against Clemson, I think. Especially if Georgia wins that game against Clemson, that's going to be one of those games that you just hang your hat on, and it's going to be a team that the committee just like points back to uh, throughout the whole year.
1: And if you lose it, it doesn't necessarily kill you, especially if the other right. team goes eleven and one, you know, or twelve and zero. Mm-hmm. Word. I any think- final thoughts here? Any uh, like other teams, you know, that you really considered? Any, you know, Oregon, I thought maybe had an outside chance. Just in terms, I I like Oregon's chances probably better than I like Oklahoma's.
2: I think it's worth mentioning Notre Dame just because, you know, they are returning a lot of talent. That offensive line is going to be really strong. Kyron Williams is coming back. Uh, Jack Cohn was just named the starting quarterback. He was the transfer from Wisconsin. Um, So you're getting another veteran presence at quarterback. Uh, The schedule, it's brutal. But man, if they can run the table, they're definitely in the conversation.
0: I will say that uh, there are two teams that I didn't consider. And those are Iowa State and Cincinnati. Cincy, I wanted (laughs) to say I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The tough part with Cincy is like, even if they run the table, is it enough? It's 50-50 if you run the table. And that's that's a tough position if we're talking about putting like bold proclamations they're gonna make the playoff. That's counting on a lot of things to go your way. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about a team, I think I would like to see Cincinnati make the playoff more than any team in America this fall. That's fair.
2: It'd be a hell of a lot of fun for sure. But I mean, you know, if an undefeated Cincinnati is going up, I already kind of talk shit about Oklahoma, but if they're going up against an 11 and one Oklahoma and an undefeated Cincinnati, it's Oklahoma every time, man. I don't know, man, that since he's got some talent on
1: defense and in they the do. trenches, that's going to line up. Well, you've got your veteran quarterback coming back and Ritter. I like what they, I don't, I'm talking myself into it. I think logically, you're probably right, but I just don't let your
2: dreams be dreams, Justin.
1: <laughs> Word. Well, that is all we have for today's DNVR draft podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with the entire crew, and we will be back each and every week throughout this season. We're going to be talking about the latest, the greatest, all the draft news, all the prospect stuff. This is uh, your one stop shop for draft information. Thank you to everybody. Make sure you're keeping up with the Buffs pod, the Rams pod, the Broncos pod, all the awesome football content that we have at DNVR.
0: Have a great week. And go Broncos.